be curious, keep asking why, and always look for things that you are doing good, but also how you can do it better. You know, focus on those positives. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% savings for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar, at filex.com.au. Marin Lazic is a TRX master instructor and former professional water polo player. Here he chats with the Fitness Industry Podcast's Oliver Kitchingman about the revelation of suspension training, how new training modalities can challenge even the superfit, using technology to monitor anomalies in body temperature and predict sickness, and reaching out to people you admire in the industry to benefit from their experience. Marin, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks, Holly. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your background in the fitness industry and your main role today? So I guess I started, like most people, from sport. So my sporting background was water polo. And I always liked, you know, after I finished sort of playing, seriously, after I had a bit of a setback, I sort of came to the path of well, what to do next. And I sort of sat down and thought about what I really like doing and you know, training and being fit was one of those things. So I sort of, you know, did my third three and third four like most people and, yeah, really got into it and really enjoyed it. And one of the big things for me was I was very lucky to come across TRX and that sort of really kind of made me curious about training. And at a time after being an athlete for a long time, I sort of thought I knew everything. And it wasn't until I came across, yeah, TRX that... They sort of opened my eyes and kind of showed me how much I need to learn. So being competitive as well and curious sort of put me on pathway to just keep going and keep learning and just discovering new things. So, Okay, so that was several years ago. So was that in the early days of suspension training, sort of getting traction? Yeah, it was. It was, don't ask me what year. It was, yeah, 2000s, early 2000s. So I, I want to say it was probably about... 15 years ago, no, probably a bit more, maybe less, sorry, probably 12 years ago. That sort of all started and TRX was a pretty new company as well and they were sort of starting to go international and trying to build their brand as well. So, so I mean, you built a business around suspension training. So you've obviously got a very strong belief in the efficacy above other training modalities. So what kind of made you go all in? So, again, it went back to water polo and me being an athlete. I was doing a lot of traditional stuff in the gym so a lot of your bench press squat deadlifts stuff and every off season I was getting bigger and stronger in the gym still kind of carrying a lot of niggling injuries and the really confusing part was I was getting stronger and bigger in the gym yet when it came to playing water polo and performance nothing really changed and how long were you playing water polo for I started when I was sort of eight so and I finished when I was sort of 32, so... And you are playing at a national and international level? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to play two junior world champs and about just just didn't get to 250. I think it was 243 national league games in Australia for Balmain, Balmain Tigers. So 
yeah, you know, it was something that I really loved. And big goal was Olympics, which I unfortunately didn't get to, but still very grateful for it and learned a lot from not just game of water polo, but also hard body works. And yeah, going back to, you know, how I got into TRX as well, that was a big thing as well. Like I, I actually, one of my close friends got me a TRX for my birthday and I remember jumping on doing my first TRX chest press and I just couldn't do it. I just literally could not do it. I was all over the place. I was shaking and and that kind of made me even more curious. And funny enough, not many people know this. I haven't really told this to many people, but like when I sort of discovered a TRX, I sort of went on, you know, YouTube like most people do and and I discovered a video by Peter Twist and he had this video of training ice hockey players and he was doing a TRX stuff and Swiss balls, kettlebells and looking at that kind of really looked a bit like kind of what water polo looked like in terms of movement and I sort of in my head I thought well ice hockey players you know they're playing a unique environment ice I play water polo which is a unique environment like maybe I should try training like that and that made me really curious to a get better at TRX and then also you know get into the kettlebells and kind of those I guess functional training tools and it was interesting like I started kind of you know, learning about TRX and training and I actually got smaller I lost quite a size quite a bit of muscle size but I got stronger and not only that I got stronger in in a pool in the game and all my niggles my shoulder niggles and everything was gone so that was kind of a bit of a first aha moment and what really kind of made me fall in love with TRX suspension or TRX's company and then suspension training as well so yeah it was interesting. Yeah, particularly, I mean, coming from, you know, the perspective of thinking or being incredibly, like, athlete fit, quite humbling to then kind of try some new training, which you just can't do. Yeah, like, and it's, you know, it's funny. And even now, these days, when I get professional athletes in the gym and, you know, the suspension training or TRX, you know, when you look at it, it just looks, the body weight looks pretty easy. But everyone does their first chest press or their first plank and the next day they sort of wake up and go, wow. I didn't realize I had those muscles, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's quite funny now. Like I quite like when I see people on that on the first time, and you sort of give them a warning. Listen, you might feel this the next day, and they kind of give you a smirk, and then you get a text message the next day. Jesus Christ, what did you do to me? So, and you know that was all part of it as well for me. It was like, okay, well, this is interesting, you know. And back then, you know, the whole concept of course coming out, it was I wouldn't say it was a new thing, but you know, people were talking about it and. You know, I really felt like I used my inverted commas core. And yeah, just that curiosity really kind of made me want to learn more and explore it for my own performance first. But then later on as a PT, how can I, you know, use this tool for my clients and build a business on it? So when you mentioned there training athletes and obviously your own training as an athlete, you're working these days also with Under Armour athlete development team. Is that right? Yeah, like I guess my official title is Under Armour Performance Coach. So my, you know, Under Armour is, even though it's been around for a long time overseas in America, it's, I'll say, relatively fresh in Australia. So, you know, I feel very fortunate and grateful to be working with them. Very exciting as well because there's a lot of new stuff coming up. Uh, There's a lot of, you know, local professional athletes that are starting to, you know, be part of the Under Armour family. And so, yeah, so my role is basically just to help with athletes, help with their sort of training when they, when they need it, and even just kind of build philosophies and, and research that we learn in Under Armour and pass it on. So, you know, our mission is in Under Armour is to make you think about your training. 
So just be curious. And we sort of created a few philosophies that are all backed by science and research and even garments as well. Like there's some pretty big claims that are not just there to sound fancy, but, you know, they're backed by science. And that's one thing that I really love about a company. It's very authentic and, yeah, very grateful to be part of that. So... I was going to say, I mean, obviously we all know Under Armour through the garments, through the clothing. So this is a bit of an evolution of the business now, moving into the training? Yeah, so I'll say so. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've obviously been working with like a lot of elite big name athletes, but one of the things that, you know, they're, they're starting to get into is also, you know, giving this knowledge and science to the, in inverted commas, athletes as in all of us, like our clients. And one of the things that I'm really stoked about with Under Armour, it's not just the training. I think training, we, we're all pretty good at, but they're really, you know, doing a lot of research on recovery and sleep. So even, you know, this weekend at Filex, we, there's a lot of focus on recovery, which is one of the things we learn is set for, but we probably ignore it. And we all know that, you know, results, you know, it's work plus rest equals results. But yet, I think as an industry, probably not as good as programming for recovery and understanding how it all works. So... As I said, I'm pretty excited because now there's more research and studies to help us as coaches, not just for professional professional athletes, but even our clients, how to help them to get more out of training and more out of you know their performance, whether that's just being dads and mums or you know working high stress jobs. So you know we all need that recovery. So. There seems to be more emphasis on recovery these days. I mean, I'm sure there always has been in the professional athlete coaching and training, but it, for, for trainers as well, I mean, in the, in the wider and the more mainstream industry, there seems to be more of uh, an awareness of the need for good rest and recovery. Yeah, like I think in the last few years, there's been a lot of studies done on sleep and recovery and actually kind of getting the data to prove that it actually works. You know, we've been all told, oh, we need to sleep eight hours a day or... But it wasn't really a data to prove how it actually affects your performance. And now that we have the data, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty significant what, you know, good rest and recovery gives you. And I think as coaches, whether you're PT or whether you're working with professional athletes, I think we need to get a little bit better and not just telling our clients after the session to go get sleep or go have a protein shake, eat healthy. Like that's pretty broad. I think we need to get better as as coaches, is to program for the recovery. So, for example, you know, like if you train hard with me, Ollie, like and you do a big session, I should be able to program you also what to do on your day off, not just go, oh, have a protein shake, you know, and, or even give you tips how to improve your sleep, you know, like the whole bed hygiene and, you know, potentially even a hot shower to, you know, drop your, to increase your temperature so, you, you know, you can sleep better and, you know, what you should be eating to sleep better, you know. So all those little tips and stuff that to help, you come up to the training fresh, not pull up a saw, and just get more out of your work that you put in. I think athletes are really guilty, and now you're seeing it in the fitness industry. Most of us overtrain and under-recover, you know, so we all want to get results quickly. We get excited, there's so much going on, but we probably sometimes do too much and not we don't spend enough time to actually recover and, and get better and, and see those results, mm-hmm. so... It is a pretty exciting space now that we do have data and I'm really excited because more people are talking about it, about programming for it. So, mm. I guess the growth of wearable tech means that people are able to sort of collect their own data and measure it against 
you know, research that has been done and kind of see whether they are getting the, the, the quality of sleep they need, yeah. the amount of steps, the, the movement, all of this. Yeah, no, it's a really good, you know, common, Ollie, and it's something actually the geek inside me comes out. I think with Apple Watches and all, all this technology, there's some really cool stuff happening, what those devices can do. And, and I think as we go on, we'll learn how to use that data. Like I think the days of just burning calories and keeping keeping account, you know, how many calories you're burning, it's quite outdated and I think you shouldn't be focusing on that as much. Like one of the things I get excited about, it's the HIV, the heart variability, which is essentially stress on your heart, like using that to program for my clients, which I've been doing for the last couple of years actually. And, and it's interesting when you actually get your client, you know, tell them what it means and how to use it and then use a coach, you can design your programs whether someone's really stressed or you know maybe they're really fresh so you can put more stress on the body and sleep as you said how much sleep they're getting like i think the future of pt is going to be you know the the coaches that will create you know studios gyms that you'll come to to improve your sleep you know so instead of just like oh i want to lose weight well how about you just improve your sleep because by trying to do that you will have to eat better. You will need to go to bed early. You need to train smarter. And, and, that, and the side effect of that is going to be that you will lose weight and look good. And not only that, you're going to have amazing energy as well. So, you know, I think we need to get a little bit better. And, and you know, like we all need to get, learn, be more how to use a certain data. It's been already built in those variables. And I think for me, the HRV is very important, the sleep. And one that's kind of random is that I've been kind of trialing with my clients is like even the body temperature, you know, like, measuring you know finding your average body temperature and i've done that with my clients we've kind of done it for a month to find our norm and trying to predict when you're going to get sick so you know if you're if you see a spike in the body temperature you know like it potentially could be your system's fighting and potentially something's coming so then we can again tweak our training to try to you know not get a flu or not you know miss time so it's you know it's a bit of trial and error for my part but you know it's from a small data like it seems it's a bit of an interesting measurement that not many people are talking about so it's exciting no certainly i must confess i've not really heard that mentioned a lot of the other data i feel like you know people have been collecting data and not really knowing what to do with yeah. them it's interesting to hear about body temperature certainly mm. yeah i think that's the hardest thing and I, look i'll be honest like it's it's so easy now to get lost in getting all this data and then it's like well okay cool like i got it but like how do i actually use it and that's probably the hardest thing, you know, and, and I think the danger is that sometimes the data and technology can take away from what we're actually trying to do. And I know, you know, I try to, you know, trial on myself and, you know, get all these different, you know, heart rate and HIV, you know, tools, but you spend half an hour trying to connect it and figure out and it just takes away from actual sessions. So it's that kind of fine line between, you know, focusing on a few numbers and then what does it mean and how can I use that for my clients or myself? To get better and it takes a bit of time and trial and error and i think there's more and more good useful information now out there to educate us and even in the phylics like there's a lot more people presenters talking about it now as well which is also exciting so so much information so it's just kind of wrangling it and <laughs> turning it into some like practical outcomes isn't it no that's correct and and i always like you know the biggest tip that i got when i was sort of started coming to the phylics and you know doing lectures is like every night after it like write down a few key points so they stick you know like there's been very you know there's been a lot of times when i you know i go to a course or education seminar and, and it's just amazing and there's all this information but it's almost kind of too much and you and you wake up the next day and you just go 
you just totally forget everything, you know. So it's trying to make it stick and just practice, be patient and practice what you learn and, and see how it fits in with your training, your training philosophies, you know. Like I think it's good to not just follow one training philosophy, you know, get the best parts of each philosophy and put it towards your clients who will be, you know, totally different to everyone else's clients. So that's probably one of the best things for me was like have really open mind and, and listen to everyone and pick up the best bits the youth believe in and they will work for you as well. So it's, it's exciting. It's always so much to learn, yes. So it's picking what works best for you. On that, I mean, with new trainers entering the industry, you've been you've been in the industry for you know, many years now. Too long. No. <laughs> no, I think it's been about, yeah, it's been about 13, 14 years. Actually, sorry, you know what, I, today it's, oh, this is my 10th Filex. So it's 10 years now. And I think I was in the industry probably about two years before. So 12 years, yeah. Now when I think about it, it's probably been 12 years I've been in the industry for. So, so I mean, you found, you found your niche. You found the thing that really excited you after you'd done your Cert 3 and 4. What advice would you give to any new trainers entering the industry and like at what sort of stage of their career should they maybe consider specialising in a certain type of training? Or Yeah, I mean, probably be curious. Mm. Ask why, ask why. And even like you've been thought a certain way, just ask yourself why you're doing it that way. You know, like in, uh, with water polo as an athlete and, and even with a coach, we, we usually do the reviews and it up season a program or even a game and you sort of, you know, you know go on, you focus on the positives and you sort of go, oh, this particularly was good, but what would make it better? You know, and, and constantly kind of asking what will make it better? Like, you know, so this program's great, but what will make it better? So constantly be curious always asking and looking where you can sort of improve not just you as, as a coach like you know I mean coaching and its own is such an art you know like it's it is harder than it looks you know and, and usually the great coaches make it look easy so you know focus on good coaching remind yourself why you're doing it as well like why you love it for me I, you know it sounds corny but I did fall in love with it and I was very passionate about it in a sense that like I was always reading and constantly looking and you know I was looking for people I can learn from and and to be honest when I was coming through it it was getting easier to reach out to people from overseas and experts and but these days it's even even more easier you know with, you can really get hold of a lot of people and so I would suggest you know reach out to people most people in the industry, industry will are willing to help you know I think my experience in the fitness industry like everyone's the people have been in a while like are quite humble and and they want to pass on you know and i'm sort of i get excited when i can sort of pass on what i learn you know and so as a pt i guess my tip would be just you know be curious keep asking why and always look for things that you are doing good but also how you can do it better you know focus on those positives yeah look becoming a pt it's just the beginning of the the learning really right mm. i mean once you get out there with your first client on your first day that's it's, it's all starting from there so the key is you've got to keep at it you've got to keep working it's going to be more rewarding for you you're going to build yourself a longer career is and it just has ripple effect yeah it's, and it's like it is a great industry being in it and it's not easy but nothing's easy right to be, I guess, in Vitex Commerce successful in anything, you need to put in the hard work. You're gonna have your ups and downs again. Like you relate to sports, like no athletes has had an easy run. You know, they all go through the ups and downs. And being a PT, running a business, you know, I mean that's the whole new that's a whole thing altogether, not just being 
educated how to be a great coach, PT, but also know how to run the business and, and doing the little things like just, you know, caring for your customer and doing how to build your base and referrals. It's not it's not easy, but as you said, it's very rewarding and you're going to have your losses. And I don't know who I, I got this off, but one of the funniest things that I was sort of told was, you know, there'll be days when you're going to be sitting on, you know, at a table and be drinking wine and going, how good is this, you know? And there'll be days when you'll be underneath the table drinking rum, going, how am I going to burn this down? So, you know, like, and that's just anything, you know, like it's hopefully a more wine days than bourbon days and rum days, but... You know, and you learn from those days as well. You need to make mistakes. You know, I made so many mistakes and without mistakes, you can't grow. So it's, you know, you got to keep trying, keep keep failing. Like I made so many failures from just, you know, not such a good programming to, you know, bad business decisions, but you learn. So, and when you have those wins, it's pretty good. The wine tastes pretty good, Ollie, when you're having those wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great advice, man. Okay, so I mean, are you finding these days that more clients are asking you for more complex and athlete-inspired kind of training protocols? Yeah, like, I mean, type of people I get in, in my gym, my, my clients are generally, I'll probably say people that are, well, officially started probably people that are early adopters. Like TRX wasn't a really big thing back in the day, so people were kind of more open-minded to trying new things. These days, probably get... Potentially, maybe be more mature athletes, and I say athletes, you know, people, you know, professionals, business owners, people that kind of done the whole traditional gym route. They potentially done the whole high intensity stuff, and they're just kind of looking for a bit more. I do get people that have been, you know, potentially had no luck and have been injured and hurt, and they kind of come in just to kind of fix themselves. So those are sort of crowd that I get in terms of athletes. And naturally, I get a lot of water polo players just because I can relate to it and I play the game and it's, it's easy. We get a few NRL players that are just kind of looking to do just a bit extra, a bit, a bit different stuff. So be more like what I like and what I'm focusing at the moment is a lot of movement training, so more sort of 3D and shifting stuff. So a little bit more non-traditional stuff. So people are kind of a bit curious to that and not to plug myself, but you just, you know, when you jump on my Instagram, usually it'll be stuff that... It's not so common and it's not to show off. It's just to kind of make it fun and and challenge people. But to be honest, underneath all of that, like one thing that I do focus is to do the fundamentals right. So make sure you know how to play properly. Make sure you know how to do push-up. And once you set the standards, then we get a little bit funky. And it, this funky stuff might look a little bit challenging, but actually quite easy if you got your basics right. So, so yeah, so we, you know, early adopters were kind of my initial sort of clients and athletes. But now it's sort of, whole range of people, probably more mature crowd, yeah. Thank you, Maren. If listeners want to find out anything more about you and what you do, where should they go? I'll plug myself, Ollie. So Instagram is probably my best platform and one that I sort of use the most. So at Marin, M-A-R-I-N, Lezik, L-A-Z-I-C, one word. There's not many Marin Lezics around, so you should be able to find me. And i got my, obviously, business account, which is TRX Training Sydney. So if people are looking to come in and do a little workout and see what I do, they're more than welcome to. I'm in Roselle in, in Sydney, so underneath the Exit Bridge. So reach out. And, we, yeah, we do get some PTs. They're just looking for some extra skills. And, yeah, come along and have a little sweat and work out, and we'll go from there. Marin, thanks again for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks, Ollie. It was a pleasure.
range of online strength training courses accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, go to the network website, select the courses tab and click on strength and conditioning. Network members save up to 30%, so head to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar at filex.com.au.